Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Any Line, Any Time. Coming to you from the AnyLine studios, my name is Mark Babin. Thanks for being here today. On this episode, we are talking about mobile applications. They can do practically anything we could ever want, need, or dream of. But what is the difference between a successful application and one that is used every day to the ones that are forgotten about or even deleted after a single use? Joining me for this fascinating discussion is the CMO at Wolfpack Digital, Karina. To help me dive deep, into what unique solution providers can do to help their product or solution shine in a mobile application. So get comfortable, turn up that volume, and get ready for a great podcast episode. I'll see you on the other side. Karina, thank you so much for carving a little bit out of your day. I know you have plenty going on at Wolfpack, uh, as always, but I really appreciate this discussion and this opportunity to have it. I know about a topic that you guys are so very passionate about. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be here and a pleasure to discuss the process of building a perfect mobile solution with you. So super excited to hear your questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a topic on a lot of people's minds these days, even more, it seems, every year uh, that goes by. So I think this is going to be a really great discussion. So again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate the time. So I guess the best place to start and where I'd really like to begin this conversation is around the value of the partnerships provided when solution providers like us work together with user experience and app developers like yourself and your team at Wolfpack. So to get us started, can you break down some of the biggest values for companies who are looking for that perfect partnership in an app developer? Yeah, that's a great question. So a good partnership can make or break a project. We all know that. And especially when we are thinking about digital transformation. And the core values I can think of are trust and dedication at the very beginning of the process because it takes two to tango, you know. And to become a valued strategic partner, we definitely need the service providers to trust us and hand us all the information needed so we can understand their long-term vision and goals. And the value of dedication ensures that the product-oriented team will work on delivering high-quality integrated systems and stunning visuals. Um, In addition, there should always be space for transparency, excellent communication, proactivity, result orientation, innovation, quality, ownership, and, of course, passion for, for what you do. Yeah, a lot of different points there. So building off of those values, as you mentioned, where do you see the most opportunity within a project, specifically when we're looking at working with unique solutions provider, someone like us or or a similar product? Where do you see the biggest opportunity? This is an amazing question. As a matter of fact, we only ship products that we believe in. Um, This is the way we make sure that you get our best work. So there is no black and white answer to this, though, as the most opportunity is different based on the stage of the said unique solution provider or project. Um, But... Considering that they would be at the very beginning of their stage, I'd always go for smoke testing as one of the best opportunities for them because it has two advantages. It saves you money as a service provider and it is enough for you to understand if the development partner is a match and it also gains you with valuable deliverables and assets. Um, So again, I, I think smoke testing, it's a good opportunity because 
Um, it helps us create the wireframes, UX, UI, branding, interactive prototype, and then you can test it with your users, see how it works, receive feedback, and approach investors with it. So it's a solution um, that works for both parties. You get the opportunity to work with a service uh, provider, you get the opportunity to work with the development agency, see how it works, and then you have some deliverables that, that help you and you can see if you have any bottlenecks in your product or uncovered use cases and do some experiments. That's a really great point. And I guess kind of coming off of that, obviously, because you have you know, a solutions provider who's an expert in what they do and, and you guys are an expert in what you do. When those heads come together and you start to think about the potential for the solution, do new ideas get generated there? Is there kind of like an organic creation of new things that happen? Is that just part of the process that you expect? Oh, absolutely. So basically you just, when, when you have all these great minds together, you get the best ideas on how the competition can be, uh, how, how to have basically a competitive advantage, what type of functionalities would work, how to have the great user experience or user interface. Uh, you can identify different um, experiments to do action triggers, product marketing action. So, Basically, you're clustering all the information from this phase and add it to your own research and the team of strategies that will shape the ingredients that will, that will help make the perfect solution afterwards. Because you have the ones with subject matter expertise in the industry, the ones with subject matter expertise in um, UX, UI or mobile. So all these ideas together will just... Um, create a mission-driven and data-driven solution, basically. Awesome. And I guess every agency would have a different process going about this. But for your team, before this process begins, and, and I know we'll get at the very end of this conversation to some tips for operators that are coming to you guys, uh, which I know will be great. So definitely stick stick uh, in for this one at the end. But kind of just jumping on a really quick one that just came to mind, for companies that are maybe intimidated by this process kind of kicking off do you guys define the roles, the scope of the project kind of ahead of time, or do you let the process define it as you kind of get into it? Or maybe it's a balance? It's a balance. We are quite agile. So there are projects where you can define lots of things beforehand. But then again, we have lots of projects when we have great entrepreneurs approaching us with an amazing idea and no clue on how to actually develop the product. So that's when we actually create a product discovery workshop when we just sit down, brainstorm, work together, discuss all sorts of ideas from you know, product market fit to personas, um, discuss all sorts of UX um, principles so they understand them. We give them some homework as well. And then we build on top of that. So it, it's not a scary process. We make it extremely, extremely friendly because we we want to be as human as possible. At the end of the day, we are humans. <laughs> so we, we want to make it a simple process for, for, for them so they can focus on the business at the end of the day, not on the development itself. I love that. Yeah, as approachable as possible because a lot of these people would be going into an area that they're not comfortable in that's very outside of their comfort zone. So I love yeah. that human approach because you're right, we're all just people. And once we have started having those conversations, I think it can open people a lot up and that just develops better ideas from both sides. So Absolutely. And we want to avoid any sort of 
blockers in terms of language because we know it can be scary to come at the table and talk about all sorts of technologies and tech stacks and tools and maybe some people don't know them and it's not their job to know them so it's into our role to make sure that we will find the best solution for that product so it works and to make it as easy as possible for for the project at the end of the day. That's awesome. And I love how you touched on the technology because that leads perfectly into the next segment. How poetic. Uh, I think we can agree on, and most people in the industry can agree on that technology has been evolving at what can only be described at an exponential rate, especially this last number of years uh, across various industries. And of course, within the various solutions that support these many industries. So as this happens and as the technology continues to evolve faster and faster and faster, how does that impact the overall build, the design, and the functionality of the apps and the projects that you're working on with clients? It must change things dramatically. Oh, we are definitely living at the hinge of history <laughs> and tech. Um, there are multiple ways um, of how things are changing, but one of the challenges in the near future that I can see is going to be the way we manage the paradox of privacy. So we've started to have higher standards in terms of usability and to have experiences that are personalized and relevant to our needs. And for movies or videos recommendations on Netflix or Spotify to language identification or shopping history on our website and so on and so forth. And for all this customization to happen and to create a good UX, a good UI flow, services, features, um, etc., companies need to cluster and analyze some data about you. But on the other hand, we definitely do not want to have our data processed, right? So <laughs> here's where's the challenge. And of course, we definitely dislike the idea of having our activity monitored on a website using video recording tools or any, any sort of data at the end of the day. So this is the, the paradox of privacy. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is how do we accept or manage the discrepancy between our intentions and expectations as customers, how to protect our privacy and keep our expectations uh, versus how we actually behave in the online world. So um, if we think about this as a context, um, yeah, we have to understand the principles and requirements of confidentiality and regulations in terms of personal data and personalization usage. We will have to focus on customers more, not on their data. That means creating user experience using the relationship between personalization and privacy as a, as a symbiosis, basically. Um, so sort of privacy by design as well, ethics and transparency. We all demand transparency in the collection use and sharing of personal data. And um, yeah, there's gonna be more than a banner most likely on a website. Um, so yeah, I think that that would be quite a big challenge in the near future. Especially on that mobile side, I think because you know, many people are just becoming aware of all of these consent issues and we're seeing the changes made in Facebook and iOS and all these changes that affect the way business operates. But I guess what you're saying is that conversation that's happening with you and the development of it, you've kind of already mapped out a way that works for both sides, right? It's not just a, okay, we can't do this. We can't do this. You're kind of coming at it from we're limited here, but here's what we can do instead. 
Oh, absolutely. But um, anything related to emerging technologies, usability, interfaces, and functionality will be shaped by data privacy regulations, basically. So this can range from the current state of regulations that we, as you've mentioned, we already found some solutions and we know how to manage it. But there are still the regulations, they are still pretty vague. So we will have to think in the future um, at personal data as the new currency for personalized user experience or some new ways of um, working around it. Because right now we don't actually have regulations or they're pretty vague and you mm -hmm. can work around them a lot, but that's gonna change, I'm pretty sure about it. Yeah, I think again, as more people become aware of it, the demand and, and the expectation is gonna have that change itself. So yeah, you know, it's a really great point. So you may have just even answered this next question. I'd be, I'd be curious on your thoughts of looking back over the last number of years and all of these technological innovations that have happened in the evolution, which one has been the largest impact for you? Are we again talking about this data or is there another technological innovation or change that you've seen that has made an even larger impact? Um, I can't pick this one. <laughs> this is a complicated one. Um, I think data influenced all of them. Okay. I mean, no matter how you're looking at it, it's going to influence um, everything. Mm -hmm. But if we are thinking about um, some technological evolutions that stand out um, and that had quite a great impact in the past few years, I would say that they're going into uh, two to three ways. So the first one is the, um, definitely the machine learning and AI and the way it um, it grew basically in the past years. It's revolutionized the way we build products across industries, especially in the healthcare system as it speeds the diagnosis process and many other components. There is also the security area and something that comes to my mind actually is um, the fact that you can now type a few words instead of a password and there are algorithms identifying patterns in the way you type as a DNA basically. So that's amazing <laughs> because now we all have all like tens or hundreds of accounts. So basically it's really overwhelming to keep up with all our passwords. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and of course, I think it's, it's the way we started to have everything in cloud. And um, I mean, in, in this case, it's OCR and the managed and how it managed to evolve and help us digitize the world and provide easier access to everything. I mean, I find it fascinating that you can scan your book with your phone and automatically automatically get the, highlights, the highlighted notes in text form, or you can simply scan your ID and get your check-in at the airport or whatever paperwork and send it to the government. So mm -hmm. um, it really made everything easier and now we have the database out in the cloud to keep all the information safe, secure for generations. So this is huge and it's it's going to have a huge impact for sure. Yeah. And I guess we can't ignore the last 18, 19 months and, and how dependent we've become on these contactless processes, these streamlined processes where the way things were done in the past, no longer, they simply can't be done anymore because of regulations and people's comfort levels. So we have to innovate these new solutions that are going to be mobile-based. So I think it, it's forcing that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, I mean, it, it was something that we could have foresee. We all mm. knew that everything is going to be digital someday. Uh, but the pandemic just um, accelerated everything. And 
yeah, it's it's definitely living proof that it works. It's good. It's good for everyone, and it's something that um, it's gonna have a huge impact. Yeah, we, we've coined it the great acceleration. It's like this this mark in in the current history where everything seemed to be tracking towards a certain way of five to ten years. But literally, whichever industry we talk about, and we've spoken about this in past podcasts, whether it's the retail industry or hospitality or tourism or anything, these projections that were supposed to take five to ten years had to happen in the last 19 months. And it's incredible how how that's so universal. And you must see it in, in the development of technology as well. Yeah, the great acceleration. I'm going to use that as well. <laughs> it's great. It's the perfect uh, way of describing mm-hmm. how the past two years went, actually. Yeah, and it's really forced us all to think outside the box and develop solutions that are greatly in demand from consumers rather than developing something and trying to sell it to the audience it's almost reverse role now. The audience is demanding this type of technology and companies like us, companies like you that are developing the tech, we're having to kind of chase after them and be, you know, the solution provider for here's what you're asking for. For us, it was actually great because our entire team is really, really product oriented. Okay. And when we had to pivot some products that we've worked on because of the pandemic, we were like, Bring it on. So we had a few brainstorming sessions for every project we've worked on. We just went to them and we were like, you know, you had this backlog of functionalities. This might not work um, anymore for for a long while, most likely. So here's what we can do for you to adapt the product for the current market and for what's happening. And um, everything was extremely well received by our partners and we've had great ideas and it definitely accelerated the way they see their products and the mobile apps and the user experience and everything because everyone was on their phone all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Everyone was swiping left and right. Everyone was just changing apps to get their fastest order for something. So yeah. um, the smallest detail uh, mattered. So. Yeah. yeah, it was a great experience for us, at least. Yeah, I think it's an understatement to say every part of life was impacted, whether it's ordering food, going out somewhere, or like you're saying, anything mobile-based. Everything became very mobile-based very, very quickly. But I love that go attitude your team had. I think we can mirror that as well. It was kind of like, bring it on. Exactly. That's exciting. No, that's great. And I love how, you know, a lot of these things are universal across the industries. Of course, you're developing the solution. So it just makes perfect sense. It's really, really great insights here. So moving on to some of the key tips and takeaways for the audience, this is a section I know that audience will love and I can practically hear the notepads coming out. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to some of the things you have to say here. But when business operators are looking to take a solution and build them into an application, what core questions should they ask themselves before coming to an agency like you so that they're better prepared for that initial meeting? Oh, I love this. <laughs> Get on um, the list. <laughs> yeah. So what's the most important for us um, is, is to know what's their business goal. What is the one problem they want to solve with their solution? Not 10 problems, but one of them, like the core one. Uh, who is their audience? Um, and the answer should never be everyone. Um who do you look up to as a business, whether we are talking about a business model, product, product marketing or branding, that's highly important for us because we want to see what's the reference point uh, in terms of leadership, motivation, product, um, anything, you know. 
Um, and most importantly, what is one thing that differentiates you from your competition or you want to differentiate yourself with on the market? Yeah, really great point. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's what we ask. And based on this, we just ask more questions. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of the starting point that at least they can maybe ask themselves to give them that head start. So they come to you prepared and it just works into a better solution because you kind of are saving that initial step. Um, basically if, if they don't answer this, we send them a product brief, product <laughs> and business brief where we ask this, <laughs> okay, okay. um, but then, um, yeah, it's, it's a starting point to go through different ways of building the app and how it should feel for the client. What are the emotions we want to get from a client of, of the app from the users, basically, uh, what we want to achieve in different, um, milestones or points during the, the development or during the UX UI. Um, then we also start to ask all sorts of onboarding engagement conversion questions mm-hmm. because all that it's business, of course, yeah. but we want to know that. That's why I was mentioning at the beginning that trust is highly important for us. We need to know what you want to have because we want to make that happen within the app. You want a specific conversion. We can think about product marketing features for you. You want a specific engagement within the app. Then we can think about a specific UX UI for you that keeps the user engaged or gamification features or so it, it really depends on how much you want to scale on the type of audience. So, yeah, we, we have to know how you see your business. <laughs> Especially as a unique service provider, a solutions yeah. provider, someone like us, having that clear definition before going into those conversations would just Absolutely. make it a lot easier and a lot clearer for the whole process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it helps us focus on on what's right for the app afterwards, mm-hmm. because it, it's way more efficient. You don't spend too much um, too, too much time on discovering afterwards or assuming you don't make assumptions anymore. You're going to be mission-driven, you're going to be data-driven, you're going to be super on point and concise. So um, it's, it's the best way to, to provide a good UX UI and a good mobile app or web app, of course. Yeah, I love it. So in contrast to that, people that approach you perhaps being too focused on a certain thing or thinking something's more important than it should be, what are those and how should they avoid going down that road before approaching you? Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is a bigger Uh, list. (laughs) I would say that um, requirements and assumptions. Um, Most people want to build a huge app where Mm -hmm. they plan every single functionalities and screen for the next one or two years uh, with no user testing nor data-backed decisions. Um, And the best approach is to be lean and agile. As you've mentioned, the last two years just showed us how fast things can change. So if you just come to us or to any company at the end of the day with, here's what I want to build in two years, pixel perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not really working. Uh, Things change every day. And I think it's important to focus on the problem you want to solve and to provide the right solution at the right time using the right format. So... um, it's important to have a process where you can reiterate and improve on the go instead of over-developing before you even have customers. So I, I think this is something people really, really um, do a bit too often than they should <laughs> okay. to, to think too much in advance based on assumptions. 
So don't start overthinking the process before it's even begun, basically. No, we, we always um, recommend testing a few functionalities, mm-hmm. testing a few features. If they work, you move on and build on top of that. Uh, experiment with a couple of things, A-B test, all sorts of things. So it might seem a bit more expensive in terms of you know time and money at the beginning, but it's way healthier for the long term because it helps you scale, it helps you customize the product, it helps you meet the needs of your users. Um, and you don't work on a product for one, two or three years. Um, you burn lots of um, money and resources and everything. And then you launch and the market just went over that Mm -hmm. because it was a thing two or three years ago and people have different things and different needs now. So that's, that's really, really common. Yeah. And I guess it's just a good way to ground yourself as a company coming in, especially if you're having a unique solution like us and you're looking to put that in an application to show customers, uh, you really need to think ahead, but don't overthink, let the process that you're talking about guide you through it properly. Oh, absolutely. So you you really have to think ahead (laughs) and be innovative and see the market trends and everything, but you don't have to think about how fixing that problem should look like in two years. You have to think that you have this unique solution, it's going to help, but maybe the UX trends are going to change, or maybe Mm -hmm. the technologies are going to change, or... I don't know, if we think about mobile, you're going to have Swift UI and then maybe they launch a new framework that works best for you. And th- there are these small things that, that make the difference and the devil is in the details, you know? Yeah, always, <laughs> always, no matter what you're doing. No, that's wonderful. Really, really great way to wrap it up. And I think for the unique solutions providers, I think it shows how, you know, these are the actions you can take. These yeah. are the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. These are the things you need to avoid. And here's how to make it work. So I think that really brings it full circle for companies like us who are looking to bring their solutions to their customers and into the market. So uh, really, really great points and some very actionable steps that I think many people can take. So uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Any final notes before we wrap things up today? Mm, I would say that no matter if you're a solution provider or an agency, uh, we should keep in mind that we have to be human beings at the end of the day and to communicate as clearly as we can and provide feedback. And of course, to use all the data wisely before taking any big decisions. Yeah, data-driven decisions and human approach. Yep. A great way to summarize anything you do in this space. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. No, that's brilliant. Again, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate the insights. Uh, Wishing you the best rest of the year over at Wolfpack. Uh, We certainly look forward to working with you on on a project soon. So again, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it, Karina. Thank you very much as well. And I really hope we're going to work together soon as well. (laughs) I'm sure there's projects on the horizon. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. Thank you. So many actionable steps that can be taken from this discussion, from the steps you can take to better prepare for a project with an agency to some of the most impactful technological evolutions in the last years. And of course, some of the ways in which Karina and her team at Wolfpack Digital approach these projects and challenges. This episode was quite literally packed with great information. A big thank you to Karina and the Wolfpack team for leading this great discussion and for their incredible insights on this episode. If you have any questions about what we discussed today 
or perhaps are looking for a bit more information, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Karina or myself. Our LinkedIn links are just in the description of this episode. So bringing this episode to a close, thank you all so much for being with us. And from the Anyline Studios in Vienna, Austria, to wherever in the world you may be, wishing you a fantastic week ahead. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll see you for a new episode very soon.